Welcome back to the Only Tools and Horses podcast. Um, as you can tell, um, we're in a bit of a new space. Um, may or may not have got kicked out of the old place. Um, it may also have just been downstairs. Either way, we prefer this place a little bit better. So we're joined today by the one and only podcaster, YouTuber, dressage rider and social media legend. Oh, Absolute balance. I love that. Uh, <laughs> Olivia Towers, how are we doing? I'm good. I'm so excited. It's a bit intimidating though, having two people interviewing you. Especially when you can't see one of them as well. Yeah, so for everyone true. watching, Ash is out of frame for Olivia, so she's talking to a random. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm the voice of reason. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for coming on. Um, obviously, <clears throat> you interviewed me. Must have been about two weeks ago now, wasn't it? Something yeah, that like was that. so fun. And, yeah, and now we've um, flipped it around. Rolls reverse now. <laughs> the switch. Um, and I'm not sure if anyone who saw the podcast, or if you haven't yet, at the end of the podcast, Olivia asked me how I would describe myself in three words. And it was really awkward at the time because of my whole family there. And I was laughing and I was like, I had things being said. And that was just because my dad described me as dickhead, arrogant, and a bit of a bell end. And I'm trying to be serious on your podcast. And that's that's how I've been described. <laughs> in fairness, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, he's very much right, isn't he, really? Um, but anyway, lovely to have you on. And I guess we can't really miss what happened yesterday regarding Total Ass. Like, really sad news, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I was actually staying in a cabin. So I was like away from it all. And then I didn't realize and it all just started popping up. But it was so sad. I guess because he hasn't been competing as well. Not that I'd forgotten about him, but you kind of move on, don't you, to the next big horse. And then you see that and you're like, you start remembering everything he did. Yeah, which was like, he almost transformed dressage, didn't oh. it? So would you say, yeah, is, literally, is yeah, that trot was like top. Would you like regard him as like the top horse that's ever competed? I think it's personal preference for me no. personally. He was my he was the, probably the reason why I fell in love with dressage. He right. he was incredible. There was not. I think the the big thing was. <clears throat> I don't know if you agree, Olivia. We hadn't seen anything like him before. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it was. I think where was it? Was it Windsor when he competed in the UK? Yeah. And he did Olympia as well, didn't he? Yeah, that was it. And everyone was just like, what is going... It was definitely like a different calibre of horse that came through. And I think then after that, they all started coming through, didn't they? Yeah. It was almost the start of the next generation in a way. And like I say, for me personally, it was the reason yeah. why I fell in love with dressage. It was just out of this world, setting world record after world record. It was just something that no one had ever seen before. Um, and But I guess... <clears throat> from that, I actually, what was quite funny, and I mentioned to Ash earlier, was that also you've seen a lot of people say how sad it is that we've lost um, Total Ass, but there's also a lot of controversy that comes alongside that horse. And it kicked off again yesterday. Um, so regarding that, I saw, yeah, uh, there was... <laughs> Me get, I've got an only, argument again. Yeah, no, funnily enough. This is the only bit I understand from that is the controversy that's been going um, on. And yeah, it was going back to the training methods that were used on him um, and the yeah. life that he lived. And a lot of people were saying that they weren't really sad that he passed away because of what he stood for. Um, and yeah, I may have piped up and said, look, well, the horse was once a lifetime and horse. You can't really, <laughs> you can't really not be sad about a horse passing away yeah. when you don't believe in someone's training methods. Like, for me personally, Edward Gull was the most amazing rider. Like, I know people will judge him off a few photos that were leaked at one point or another, but I think he's a beautiful rider. And like I said, 
some of the training methods used, they were happening before Total Ass was on the stage competing. It was just because of social media that when he transformed the sport, it came came to four. So what what was the the train was it the Edward what was his name Edward Edward Gall Edward Gall did he train Totas or was there a separate trainer and he just rode yeah he trained trained the horse and he took it all the way to Grand Prix right okay uh, with you create all the um, <clears throat> world records and everything and then he was sold for millions I can't remember off the top of my head it was like seven eight million pounds wasn't it a lot yeah yeah a lot of money yeah and then um was sold to a guy called was it Matthias Raff Matthias Raff or something like that. I can't remember, a German rider. That's it. From the Shocker Molars. And then, yeah, just, well, the amount of pressure to be competing a six, seven million pound horse would yeah. have been next level. So you say there's there was controversy with the training methods. Yes. What training methods were used? Well, what, what is this controversy? So I guess this is probably, well, I'll let Olivia describe, just discuss the difference between Britain and sort of European riders, I guess. You're probably the pro to ask on this one. Oh God, am I? Yeah. Um. No, it was. It was. It was. It. Uh. Was it Rolka? Yeah, Rolka was talked about, the and pitch. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So what's Rolka? So. So. Not... so it's like hyperflexion mm. of the neck. Hyperflexion of the neck. Yeah. So basically, you know, you've got the reins, and yeah. you know the horse's head is in an outline in dressage. Uh, roll curve is where it go, like the basically the head goes too low and too round too in um, and it's illegal in the sport so it's illegal in the warm-up obviously in a test um and then there were pictures taken when there where it was a little bit close to that but the problem is with a picture it can be it can be such a split second of a moment yeah and um that's i think is the tricky part with it so i i the only bit of reading i've done on um poor training um methods and like ethics and around that and actually i've had a little bit of a conversation with you about it as well is um barbed wire in the mouth yeah like yeah they, you hear about that all the time like is, some that, is that an actual thing like do people train <coughs> horses like that well unfortunately i guess you don't with our sport you don't see what goes on behind closed doors so i wouldn't have thought it in, from an outsider no. i wouldn't look at the sport and think that is something that goes on Unfortunately, that's yeah, the thing. The, the closed doors, you don't know, but there's, lo- there's so much. There's so much talk, isn't there, about crazy stuff that happens on the grapevine mm. about training methods. Like mm. I've heard crazy stuff about like them catching bungees. Um, oh, like they put like pins inside boots. I know that's more for the show jumpers. They use cattle prods. There's like loads of different things that go on. But again, you don't know, like, and that's just here. So I wouldn't say that I know particularly anyone that's done that. Bullshit. Start calling them out, Olivia. <laughs> Call them out. <laughs> <laughs> no, genuinely. Uh, no, genuinely, I don't. <clears throat> but it's like, yeah. I think the debate that I get into quite a lot regarding this is that for an athlete mm. to be an elite performer, you have to push yourself to limits that you've never seen before for these top 0.1% of Grand Prix horses where they are like game changers, like Vallegro and Totalas. The Mm. rider is going to be having to take the horse to levels that 
it wouldn't fundamentally do alone. Right. And that's yeah, when... Not even the top lot. Like, yeah, exactly. Even like... Even an amateur riding would yeah. take their horse further than that horse would take itself. Exactly. Because exactly. you're training it and you're making them more of an athlete than they would. Na- it would be like, you know, someone just sat on the sofa drinking a beer, eating pizza, and then someone getting a PT and them training them. Of course, Relent- like with PT, you're going to go further. Yeah, exactly. Relentlessly sort of every day. Um, and that's when people can then... Like take advantage of that and yeah. do abuse it. I'm not saying everyone does, but they you, you're trying to create something that may or may not be there, right? And you're either mm-hmm. doing that through natural horsemanship or and, manipulating how you train the horse to see if it will then react in a completely uh, more sub. <laughs> I think way. the big problem that I've seen, like with the sport and people pushing horses too much, is where they have not got their minds in the right place, or their like ego gets in the way or their insecurities get in the way and they just don't know when to stop. And they put the competition stuff above the horse's welfare. Yeah. And I think that, like you say, that's a good point regarding balance, because like you say, for a lot of people, they've got stress and pressure to achieve results Mm -hmm. from owners. So that's when the line gets dodgy is when you've got all this amount of pressure. Yeah. And, but you've got to somehow manage it with the the horse's yeah. welfare so that's interesting so leading on from that going back on something you said you said that um people are um ha- or they're happy that or not th- not happy okay rephrase it they are not sad that total has died because mm. he represents a lot of bad shit yeah so why the horse is a horse mm. like he, i'm pretty sure the horse was just born to be a horse so surely it's not a case of people not being said, oh, the horse represented this. Is it not down to the people that train it? No, why are they not getting any shit? Yeah, yeah completely. No, but then again, yeah. then again, like there's, it's so difficult, isn't it? Because again, like you will never know what went, went on behind it or what happened to Total Ass. At the end of the day, a lot of what's come out, he was fed and looked after, enjoyed some form of retirement. And that is a lot better than some horses. Yes, of course, he may have been had been able to have a better retirement, but at the same time, he still was looked after, so it wasn't too bad. But there has been so, like you saw, me getting in, a, in an argument with American people yet again. <laughs> it doesn't matter American where they're me. from, you just love a scrap, mate. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, <clears throat> about it all, because it, it created so much controversy. Right, okay. At that time. But they, doesn't the internet loves that? It just loves it, doesn't it? Yeah. They're going to find any tiny little thing regardless and run exactly. with it. Exactly. And it's quite interesting because this sort of leads on quite well to the article that uh, Carl Hester done two weeks ago about social media and why it's coming up now. Yeah, so brilliant for someone of, of his calibre speaking out on it, really. Yeah, I was really happy about that. Because I guess for you personally, obviously you've had a big social media feeling you've you've did something no one else was doing at the time you took yourself out of a comfort zone and i feel like we're speaking to an og of um like the (laughs) equestrian social media tv uh, (laughs) adaptation of where it's going oh thanks no it definitely was no one was doing it that's why I, i was so shocked no one was doing it i was like we are seriously behind the times and I was looking at like um, like entrepreneurs and stuff. And like, I think it was Gary Vee was like one of the first people I started following. 
And I was like, why is no one doing not that I not that I might Gary V. I'm just you know, not that intense. But I was like, why is no one pushing that stuff, like talking like real stuff in the equestrian world? I was like, why are we all walking around pretending everything's okay? Because it's not. No, I no, think that's one, one thing that I feel like I've learned over the last few months since we've been doing this is there is a lot of of things that go on behind scenes that people wouldn't expect. I mean, granted, before we got into doing what we're doing, I probably wouldn't look twice at equestrian, horse riding, all of that. But it is fascinating. Like the more I've gone into it and the more I've learned, it blows my mind. I, I come to Josh every so often. I'm like, so what does this mean? Is, does, is this the right terminology for that? But there also with all of that good, there is a lot of dark sides to the industry that I've l- come to learn, um, mm. especially off camera uh, with different people um, about stories and, and situations and things they've witnessed. And it is, it's just bizarre. It, and how, to the size of the industry that it is, how these things are going on. And I, I am sort of dancing around it because I'm not going to go straight in <laughs> and get ourselves cancelled too, too early on. However, how, to the size of the industry it is with these things going on, how it has not been made more public baffles me. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many different sides though, isn't there? Like for me, obviously the thing I talk about is the the mindset side and the mental health side of it. It's probably where I steer more into. But I definitely see the other the other stuff that goes on. And I guess like so you talk about how um that you created the podcast to talk about these things because again, like you said, you felt there wasn't <clears throat> much being spoken about at that time. So for you to get there, what what experiences did you have that led you to go, you know what, right, I'm going to be different to everyone else. I'm going to go and do something and try and talk about things that I'm struggling about and try and make a difference because that is what you've done. You've put your face <clears throat> out to a huge audience of people. And as we know, it's paid comes, off. It's paid off massively. Yeah, absolutely. But as we both know, you get a lot of love, but you also get a lot of hate. And I can imagine being the first, like, the game changer really that you uh experienced probably a lot of looks in your direction like what is she doing because as we know the equestrian world does not like change oh yeah yeah madness it was hilarious i remember i used to go around shows vlogging and people would just be looking at me like what is she doing um but i was actually talking to the guy who helped me with changing my mindset around Last Wednesday, we did a podcast together and I was like, what do you think my biggest strength is? And he's like, you're a rebel. And I was like, what? I was like, how's that strength? And he's like, no, like you are rebellious and that's great because you go against the norm and that's why you can push forward. So I think when I was younger, that rebellion, (laughs) I steered it in the wrong direction. Was you a bit of a trouble child? No, I wasn't. Well, I didn't think I was, but actually, you know, (laughs) at like six... Yeah, no. So I left home at 16 and then I was kind of like out in the world and 16 to like 22, I was pretty wild. Like we spoke about this, didn't we, Josh? How we kind of went the wrong way. And I was definitely rebellious. My mum said that me and my brother were quite difficult, which I, yeah, I just thought everyone was doing it. I thought everyone was like, went through the like taking drugs stage and, you know, the like going out partying stage. I was like, 
that's normal right and then she's like no you know like you don't have to be that that rebellious um and I think as well I was always a bit rebellious against what everyone thought I should be coming from like a privileged background like I had to walk around being like la 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 you know like dressing a certain way being a certain way and so I always used to really struggle with being like put into a box I was like don't put me in a box because I'll just go the other way um so in the dressage world I guess it was the same thing I felt really I felt really isolated in it and um different and I don't know, I just felt like nobody was being themselves and I was like why like why do we all have to be like this it's so tiring so exhausting and then I think that's when the mindset stuff kicks in is you just start feeling like you're the only one that's struggling with self-doubt you're the only one that's struggling with like a bad show and you start to feel more and more isolated, more and more alone. So I just got to the point where I was like, screw it. I knew people were thinking this because I'd spoken to them at shows. So I was like, right, let's start talking to people and get it out there. And that's kind of how it developed, I guess. Did you ever see it getting this far? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> no, like 100%. And when people say that, like I, I imagine it getting further. Right. Probably... I mean, I think when I first started, I was more ambitious than I am now with it. I wanted like world, not world domination. I wanted to literally dominate the equestrian world. I wanted to be, that wasn't my goal, to be the biggest equestrian influencer in the world. What I started to realize though was one, if you're not male and you don't, you know, take your top off and you're like, wait, takes a little bit longer. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. You literally just called out Josh. Yeah. Literally. Literally. I love it. No, it's, it's my it. one selling point. It's there we you. go. He's got he's got tats and tits. Josh and a tit. And chats so a bit true. of shit now and again. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. And then also, like, you had to go away with the aggression influencer of like almost, I don't know, the things people want to see is not necessarily what they need. So what I mean by that is people love looking at yard tours and lorry tours and like matchy matchy sets. They don't want to hear let's talk about your self-doubt or why you're struggling with this because it's uncomfortable. So I think I figured out, yes, it's needed, but it's also not as wanted, if that makes sense. So it was going to take longer to grow because I almost have to, the, the lucky thing is like I have different sides to my personality so I can sort of draw people in with a bit of humor, a bit of whatever. And then I suddenly go, oh, let's talk about this. And they they feel like, more ready because they know me if that makes sense yeah. it's like they have to trust me and then they go right okay let's talk about the deeper stuff seducing um, them yeah yeah i mean yeah you could definitely in, a way. in that in that sense in a way. but do yeah you, yeah do that's you feel right. that since speaking with the amount of people you've spoken to and given um them that platform to discuss things they might not necessarily be comfortable talking about within the industry have you seen a real positive reaction from them especially on and off camera have they made and implemented changes to the, their outlook of how they go about their career um I think the, the hard thing is I've almost hit like a ceiling with it in the fact that I need to be a little bit braver and push for almost the the riders that are really at the top of the sport I'm slightly scared to go there because it's just part of me that I know that they don't like opening up about it. And I'm like scared to push them. And especially when you've looked up to these people for a while, you're like, I don't want to be the one to ask them that question, but maybe that is the position I've been put in and I need to kind of man up and get on with it. Um, But the people I've just like had podcasts with and discussed things with, definitely they say that they're happy. They've spoken about it and 
it's making a positive change, which is so cool. I just, I want to make it more like for everyone, not just like Josh, you'll understand what I mean. Like our age level, like I feel I can talk to all of us really easily and mm. and they're really open. Whereas when they're older, I don't know if it's because they're not used to the social media, but like Dane Rawlings was a different character, isn't he? Like I could but speak to him. He, um, I, I would say, I've got to say Dane and Anna Ross. Yeah. To me, those people are people I look up to and have so much respect for because they say it how it is. Yeah. And I feel like the older generation seem to have settled for what the industry is mm-hmm. and don't like change. So when people call things out or say things should be in a different way or let's change this, they don't like it. And then you get called... Um, Oh, like. Go on, just throw a couple of names that people call you on a regular basis. <laughs> well, where do I start? Like, start at home with a dad. With a dickhead. No, um, not, like, but you get called selfish, that you had so many different opportunities and all different kinds of things. But it's like anything. For me, and I keep on having to say this, and I've said this so many freaking times, it's about sport evolving. If it stays the same, it's going to die. People need support coming through this industry. Otherwise, people won't do it. And the thing was, 30 years ago, they didn't have social media. They didn't have all the stress and pressure that we have now. So no yeah. wonder all the riders our age are going, you know what, guys, we need a little bit of help down there. And then we get called, oh, like... Um, oh, it kicked off, didn't it? Yeah, freaking hell. Is it kicked and, off? Yeah, kicked do you remember, off? like, all that Facebook post where everyone's oh, going in? Oh, yeah, and I'm I like, loved oh, it. See, when I was up at Kiso High Profile, which was last week or two weeks ago, I yeah. texted Ash and I was like, mate, Half these people are going hate me. I was like, yeah, may yeah. not come back alive. I pissed, pissed them all off. No, the hard thing is, though, when I speak to my mum about this, and my mum hates how close to the bone I get with things. She said, you do realise a lot of people that you annoy are going to judge you. Mm. And I'm like, no, like literally judge you. Like they, like yeah. I'll ride down the centre line. Yeah. And, but, and I have annoyed some of the top judges. Yeah. Like I know I have. And it, this, it reflects in your mark. Like yeah. it, that's you can't get away from that. No. But dressage is... Um, what's the word? It's someone's opinion. Yeah. Perspective. Yeah. That's it. Like so, you really can't get away from that. So if you annoy the people who are going to judge you, you're going to get a lower mark. Mm. Which is who so... Was it, that it was, I think it was... Um, Annie um, was briefly talking about that when we yeah. spoke to her <clears throat> that... Um, for instance, if you was to 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 cr- come across someone and you, you wound them up like subconsciously that will affect your mark like if they don't like you yeah oh um, yeah oh yeah and it's they might be subconscious they might not go i'm gonna give her a six because i think she's stupid the way she talks on social media they might just subconsciously have a grudge against you yeah exactly do you find that sometimes works in the complete opposite way that people go oh my god it's olivia towers amazing podcaster um 10 is that the right way of no, I wish it did. Oh, it doesn't. It, it never has with the judges. I mean, some have said they really like what I do, but uh, like so many of the judges don't understand it because they don't understand social media, which is fine. But it's, you know, it's common knowledge. Judges are a lot older. Um, is there a judge that's under 30? Uh, I couldn't name one. I know Sarah J. Nanning, but she she's not under 30, but she, no. she's the younger one I could think of. Richard Baldwin, he's not very old, is he? You've got Leanne Wall as well. She's not very old. Yeah. But it's a rare breed because I guess for people like myself and Olivia who are in the sport, I couldn't think of anything worse. I think it's a load mm-hmm. of shit. Well, being a judge. Yeah. Oh, Why? yeah. Well, to be fair, that was another thing we talked Why about. Why would you do like, it? They don't get paid. They do it out of the love for it. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I've got so much respect for people that do that. Yeah. But again, unless British dressers change the system, 
it's got to be down to young riders coming through that are eventually going to have to be judges. But how do you apply to be a judge? You literally just through British dressage, you can. I, I, I am actually a listed judge. I think like the bottom tier. Shut up. No, on my life. Shut mate. up. On my life. Are you hearing this? Judge is a listed judge. <laughs> if you want to ruin the sport any quicker, just fucking put him behind a, a desk with some scorecards, <laughs> mate. If they can list you as a judge, I'm it. I'm a fucking given, mate. They're desperate. I tell you, they're desperate. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear, but yeah. <laughs> so where where do you see um, you going next with everything? So because you've got so much going on with, with be, be doing the podcast. Yeah, you were doing and, a game uh, review the other day, weren't you? Yeah, like, like that's, yeah. that's that that looks so sick. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not sure if you saw that. Ash. it's like a um I know a, it's question, question. Yeah. a question game that's come out. Or like was it on iPhone and iPad or something? So it's yeah, you can get it on Android or iPhone. Yeah. Why do I feel like this is going to be an actual YouTube video, isn't it? You're going to make me sit down and play a question game for a YouTube video. <laughs> but like you, I guess one of these things, like that stated there, you've had so many different opportunities come your way because you've stepped out into the unknown. Mm-hmm. So how is it outweighed, I guess? Because like you say, it's had some negative effect to your riding career because you said well, you've done things that are perceived as controversial which aren't really controversial because yeah, they're what yeah. everyone is thinking, but perceived by the older generation as controversial, it's affected your riding. But then you've had other opportunities outside of the riding. Like, where is that balancing at? Because, again, I've, I've found it hard as well, like, that balancing act before, because there's a, you've, got a, you've got a fine line. You don't want to ruin your career completely. Yeah. It sounds very snowflakey. Yeah, it is. It's very difficult. It is very difficult. And you're constantly walking on a line. I think I was almost bolder at the start than I probably am now. But I mean, I think the thing is, I've kind of said a lot of things. So I don't get too scared now with coming out with it. I feel like it's been received, it's mostly been received well, but you're never going to stop that, are you, people kicking off? Hmm. And I just think that, you know, when you're lying on your deathbed, are you going to be sat there going, oh, no, that person like hated when I did that? Are you going to go, oh, my goodness, I changed that little girl's life or I impacted that person to carry on riding or I gave that person confidence? So I guess, yeah, kind of the good outweighs the bad hmm. easily. But it does cause hurt when you get comments on social media. It's like really it is really tough and I almost have to like sometimes if I'm at the end of my TED I'll have to take a week off social media and mm. and just the, I think it was when I did I was doing trick I tried some trick riding and people were kicking off that I didn't wear a hat even though you're, you're not meant to and I had to take a week off and it's just like sometimes you get worn down small little things and then <clears> well just, it is it's a drug isn't it social media is a drug well, oh yeah uh, yeah, it, it yeah. Is. simple it's, it's not good well it's they not good. they based um social media like instagram the if you're on your home feed and you refresh it that was designed off of the same principle of like slots in vegas like just pulling the slot yeah. machine down because even though you like, it's that idea that you don't know what you're going to get next mm. so that um subconscious. that is that is literally where yeah. i've got that bit of information <clears throat> from that mental, it was in it, it blew yeah. my mind scary is what it is it's actually scary how I much think, like... well, the, the sad fact is if i didn't work on social media i think i would not be on it 
if I didn't have like a thing to do on social media, like a a vision, even though I use it for good, I don't think I'd be on it. I, I was saying this to Ash. I hate it. It's, yeah. it's weird though that we use it to influence people in a positive way, but alongside that, you think how often are you getting sold to? Like how many ads do you see? Yeah. How many times? <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys, that's us. us. <laughs> Off step. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get you. <laughs> But like, but it, what it, it, like comparing is, yourself to people, like yeah, it, so it's that, that double-edged sword. Mm. It is that double-edged sword where you we we use it to motivate people and mm. um, for a positive outlook on life. But at the same time, we do that for others at the own detriment of our own health. Mm. Um, yeah. And I I I I enjoy social media. I also absolutely hate it at the same time. Yeah, um, it's interesting how it actually can affect relationships and people around you yeah um, so because you you just zone into it um and it, it's, it's like i mean like i i need to come off it i can't try to come off it in the evenings you know especially. i said um you know i said like the 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 good outweighs the bad mm. thinking about it though last year i pushed my i pushed myself so hard with riding social media business what i mean like i was like an absolute machine i was mm. i did the thing called the 5am club i'd wake up at five smash out a workout, do some reading, do some journaling, then start the horses, then get onto the business stuff, finished work at like seven o'clock at night. And I was in so intense and so go, go, go. I actually gave myself, I properly burnt myself out. Mm. And it's the most horrible feeling because you've been so productive. And I remember sitting in my friend's living room and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, I just keep crying all the time. And I don't know why. And she was like, well, that's, you know, that's not normal. That's not great. You shouldn't just be crying all the time. I said, I really don't know what's going on. I said, I'm so annoyed with emotions because they get in my way and it, it makes me less productive. And she's like, mm. and I was like, why can't I just be like a robot? And then I'd be more productive. She's like, because that's not living. And basically just like, it all just came out. I was just like, I had a break, like a proper breakdown. I couldn't ride. I remember I was trying to film for, because I wanted to start um, OCD TV, which was just like tutorials for people. And I was trying to film it. And the cab, like a bit like you guys, the cameras are all there. It's all intense. It's like, right, come on, perform. And I just like sat there and just cried. And I just lost the, I lost the shit. Like I lost everything. And it it was so weird. And I couldn't do anything. I, I For weeks, I just sat there. I, okay, I did the bare minimum. Like I, I got up, I mucked out, but I couldn't do anything. And I'd literally broken myself. And it took me months to get over this. It was basically situational, situational depression I'd put myself into because I worked too hard. And then from that, I got really bad social anxiety, like really bad. And I couldn't even, I got to the point where I just couldn't even walk down the street. I couldn't go into Tesco's. I couldn't get fuel. I was so like, I don't know. I was. So, I, I think I had denied myself my emotions for so long because I was work, work, work. And then it was I was overwhelming. Yeah. But then I let the emotions in and it was like an explosion of like, horrendous, like, horrendous and I just got to the point where I was so scared for anyone to even look at me and I'm like I you know being a social media influencer we were flying around the country like the country flying around the world with the FBI filming and I had to go and do a um had to go and do a meet and greet and it was with like Matt Harnicky Sonka Rothenberg this there's me like all the big names yeah no one special eh yeah I know means absolutely nothing to me (laughs) 
<laughs> they're, they're, big, they're big people. Um, um, it was for, uh, where were we? It was one of those famous watches. Got not... Oh, Rolex, wasn't it? No, no, no. Other one. Huh? What's oh. the other one? Oh, I know you mean as well. What are they called? They sponsor like the eventing or something, don't they? They sponsor the dressage. Anyway, fancy watch brand. We, we were at their stall and there was like security guards and like 200 people. And I'm sat on this little stall with my mic, like checking where the exits are, thinking, okay, if I'm sick, where can I run off to to be sick? Like, like I was, oh, it was just horrendous. And all I'm thinking about is trying to escape. And like, people just don't see that. And I got myself in such a stew. The fact that when we flew home, I was in the airport and I basically just lost it again. Tried to run out the airport. was like trying to get out of the exits. And my mum's like having to like pin me down because I'm in an airport. And yeah, I just, I, I, I lost it. I lost it. And I think since then I've realised nothing is worth like my health, like my mental health and my physical health. So that's probably why I stopped pushing myself as hard. With- yeah, I think it is definitely that that pendulum motion. Oh, it's horrendous. What goes one way will automatically swing the other way. Mm-hmm. Um and and we found it as well. We we use our ironically our downtime is us and our fitness and and going to the gym. Yeah. Um, even still that's you you need to be able to give yourself some physical and mental relaxation, but we we've got a friend of ours who who works quite high up in the business world um and we was ironically discussing him today and at one point he he was working himself so so hard mm. back and forth to meetings they collapsed they collapsed and really? i mean he's a he's a big guy like he, you'd think he was superman so mm. you you don't expect it um but it can happen to anyone we, we are all human and you need yeah. to give yourself that 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 downtime. My problem was, and I don't know if you guys feel this, it'll be interesting because you're men, of talking to you about, you know, like the motivational speakers and the entrepreneurs, there's almost this masculine side. And it was who I was originally following, like Gary Vee, Eric Thomas, like all those guys, maybe not so much Eric Thomas, but Gary Vee, definitely, of like, sleep when you're dead, keep working, push, 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 push. Um, and I followed that so much but actually, like, I don't know. I find that there's this, there's one side of the motivational speakers that almost go, don't live, just work. If you want it, go get it. Mm. Fine. Like, you do you. And then there's another one, which is a little bit more like wholesome living, you know? Mm. And I yeah. think I followed the, the first, like the first one I'm talking about. I followed that so intensely. And I just couldn't, I couldn't uphold it. I don't know how people do it. No, and I have like it... families and stuff and <clears throat> friends. Yeah, I think it comes back to, balancing what works for you as well it's like anything a gym program will work for one but it won't work for another so like you say for those guys it might be like you hear the rock don't use wayne johnson yeah like i mean there's the the levels of what people work work at i think you have to find what works for you and also there's also a level that you've got to find um what doesn't if you do too little and go this does work for me but is it achieving enough it's that sweet spot um Mm. we we work quite well um, working quite at a high intensity. Um, I mean, we're working fifteen hours days, twenty four seven. We have Some, an online yeah. business, mate. On, yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> the thing with e commerce. Like, we sell internationally twenty four seven. Yeah, if, if shit goes wrong at three in the morning. We're up at three in the morning, um, and then on yeah. top of all of that, Josh still has horses that he's got to go. Yeah, see, that's what I find interesting because I came to a point where I went, I'm sacrificing becoming a good athlete for the other side of stuff. Ah, yeah, that's a good one. 
right? And then I went, no, nah, I don't want to do... Like, I hit this point where I think I could have gone all in in the yeah. business side and smashed it, but I would have lost my skill. Yeah. I lost it all, but it would not have been as good because you no. look at all the top athletes, they're not doing that. No. They're just no. not. No, I think you've got to pick one. I think yeah. in, in order you've got to come down to go, do you want to be a social media influencer, a motivational speaker and put a change in the industry? Or do you want to be an athlete? Because yeah, I don't so hard. You can't, yeah, yeah, exactly. you can't do but No, how I've managed to subsidize it is where I used to teach and ride for other people. I have my competition horses. That's that. And instead of teaching, doing clinics, riding for other people, don't do that anymore. And that's where I find the time for business. That's yeah. the only way that I had to do it. Because, and also, funny, it's actually worked in reverse for me it's actually improved my riding because i'm not having to ride so much yeah yeah that's so it's a different way of thinking though isn't mm. it because again five years ago ten years ago you wouldn't have even imagined a professional dressage rider doing that or well, i was no. never told about it i was never no. it was you have to teach or you have to ride or you have to sell horses done mm. go sort it out not oh you can do this or you can run a business on the side yeah. and like you're saying it actually frees up more time if you make it work for you. And I think that go back, goes back to exactly what we were saying. It's what worked for you as a person. Yeah. For me, it's re-motivated me with my riding, um, mm -hmm. not doing it so much because going back to what you were saying, when you do it so much and so frequently, you just lo lose the love for it as well. That's, yeah. the, that's the thing. It becomes routine rather than the reason you initially started it for. I think that that's half of the... Um the the point in the branding of half step in which we've done is mm. the brand is for the people because in our own personal lives especially relating it with the question especially with josh the things that you've had to go through the little people get forgotten about so yeah. we've created a brand that supports people coming from the bottom we will always always back the underdog and on top of that we will design the products that will make you the best athlete and person you can be it's not just about the products it's about you putting on something and feeling i represent an ethos of change yeah and that is the difference which, so which we're trying to install mm. and you guys definitely found like a gap in the market and that's <clears throat> i think what a lot of people don't do they sort of go oh i really like what they're doing i'm gonna copy it whereas you guys are passionate about that you saw that it was missing so yeah it's good i mean it's been incredible some of the reviews we've had come back and all i say they come back they're like it's better than nike i'm like i know but to hear other people say that about <laughs> yeah. your product I is i'm like, biased i'm biased <laughs> i am biased when other people say i'm like damn like, <laughs> turns out it was me doing the reviews mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly you're just like setting up fake accounts just messaging me but it's, it's mental when people people have actually bought our stuff and they've they've done it uh, or used it for riding but we've always said like this is multi-purpose like it's so good you can use it for whatever and um like my dad goes and plays golf in it and, and he's like it's perfect for golf we gym in it half the time um and and you ride in it yeah. when you're not gymming in it so we're, yeah, we're exactly. lucky with what we've we've got and we've managed to create um we've got a few things that we will keep tucked away for the time being but there are a few a few things we've we've got in the pipeline that are, mm -hmm. are quite unique to to the industry which 
I don't know what impact it will have. Josh, <laughs> Josh knows the, how the impact it will have. And, a failed uh, riding career in my end, mate. That's what <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, like you say, it's all about taking that initiative and jumping, jumping into something and trying to give it a go. And it's why I loved doing the interview with you last couple of weeks ago. Now. I listened to it and it was a ma- it was an amazing interview. <coughs> I even messaged Olivia afterwards. I was like, I've just finished listening to it. it was really, really good. <laughs> and that's from a guy that doesn't even like horses. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's nice to be able to talk to someone that you can sort of relate to because if you talk yeah. to someone that just does business, they don't understand the horse side of things. And if you so speak hard. to people that ride and just ride, they don't understand the business side of things. It's such a hard sort of leap. Um, and the pressures that you've you've sort of overcome like last year wow like that's inspirational and I think hopefully for a lot of people to hear because it's so easy to judge on social media and go oh you always look so happy you know I would never have realized that you had those struggles that you did last year so it's yeah it's nice again for people to hear like although we make the effort to try and help on social media there's a negative effect for us trying to do that at the end of the day it comes back to everyone's human like you 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 may be speaking for for the people and trying to motivate them but you sell the weight of their negativity to your soul and you bear that and that's a difficult thing to carry yeah, there's sacrifice in everything though, isn't there? Like mm. everything you do, you have to sacrifice something, like whether that's time, energy. And it does have, yeah, what was it? There's a saying, isn't there, with great responsibility. No, yeah, with great responsibility. With great comes, power comes great responsibility. Mm. Best Spider-Man. So, <laughs> it's not Spider-Man. It is, it's Spider-Man. <laughs> it's Spider-Man. That, came, that was the first Spider-Man and he was sitting, he's at the end scene and he's at... um. Is at the graveyard and then walks around. No, it was Uncle it's Ben. Something Uncle... so intense, like you know, like a poet's maybe or something, and it's that bloody Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Uncle Ben said that to Toby Maguire. Oh You've shit! I've been to the world that you're an absolute nerd, mate. <laughs> no, I just know a thing or two. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know much about horses, but <laughs> Spider Man on the other hand, That's so funny. But yeah, no, yeah. Anyway, like with that, it's so true. It's so true. And I think so many people want that, don't they? They want the big following. They want everything. And I was having this conversation with Theo last Wednesday. When we first started the social media thing and I said, grow me, like help me grow a following. And he was like, I need to check your character. And I was like, calm down. And he's like, no, genuinely need to check. You can take this because it's huge. And you see it, don't you? So many people who rise to fame quickly, like Love Island, for example, they cannot hack it. Yeah. Like they can't hack like the attention and the people and the pressure. Well, and it's Muggy so Mike. Bad, isn't it? Yeah. The, the fact you called him Muggy Mike. But this is the this is the yeah, thing yeah. though. Like well, tr- you, just... you you subconsciously, yeah, subconsciously don't realise yeah. you're doing it's it. Really it's really bad of me and horrible. But um, yeah. but no, no, it's not it's not horrible of you, but it's it is that thing with society that people tend to forget. He goes on, he, he acts like a bit of a, a lad, bit of a dick, gets the name Muggy Mike, and then all of a sudden like it doesn't hurt me to call him Muggy Mike, but then the minute he comes out, could you imagine like, yes, you're my mate, you are a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> and it is, we laugh about it, but if you was getting called that all the time, all every, every time you open social media, that's one small comment is overwhelming. Yeah. And it's the same as 
the majority of it, any too much of anything is bad mm. and yeah. that level is people don't aren't horrible people but they don't realize that they are adding um fuel to a fire fuel to the fire mm-hmm. so true takes one just to tip someone over the edge that's mm. a sad thing but how how do you how do you gauge your character and say yeah you're ready for that well he he he's very good at reading people and he basically realized oh she's really She's got so much about her, so much like fire and passion, but she doubts herself so much. So he actually, and I spoke about this. I was like, why did you do this? He actually helped me with it so much. Like we used to text every single day. Um, If I had a problem, I could message him. Like he helped me with my self-development. He sent me books. He gave me advice. We'd be on the phone for like hours. It's like, why did you invest so much time when I wasn't paying you for that? And he said, because I just kind of felt, like I wanted to pass it on to someone. And he said, I saw it in you. And because we're both Christians as well, he he felt like that, that was God's thing or that he wanted, like he was kind of put in my path for that reason. Mm. And now he sees how much I help people. He He's like, that's enough for me. Because I always say that, how am I meant to repay you? Like yeah. you mm. so much for me. And he was like, no, you helping other people is repaying me. He's like, you're just passing it on. And that's the incredible thing, isn't it? You learn from someone and you pass that on and it should just keep going like that. But yeah, he said you, you weren't ready. So he kind of helped me get ready. And then when I struggled, he would be there to kind of pick me up. Um, he, and it sounds really nice, doesn't it? And all like magical, but he, he pushed me so hard outside my comfort zone. It wasn't like pretty or comfy. And there were times where I literally hated him, but he, honestly, genuinely, <laughs> Uh, but he just pushed me outside my comfort zone and made me better. And yeah, it was just great. It's amazing how much a mentor can impact you. Yeah. And yeah. how you obviously had a connection, a special connection. And that's what led to almost create you and make you as a person, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah, and, and in a way, relating it back to like what we were talking about the youth program and stuff that's what we're sort of talking about is that mentorship that sort of needs to be there in the dressage industry to help people because you are so lucky to have that mentorship and find someone I've been lucky I've been able to find a mentor for myself but if you don't have a mentor it's Mm -hmm. hard because where can you gain all this knowledge and have someone there to sort of fall back on when you need them yeah and it's that giving isn't it I think so Mm. many people aren't willing i understand why it takes so much energy it's a relationship at the end of the day though isn't it and you have that relationship and you know i think i read somewhere it's like you can't put a time timer on people you can on a task but not on people so say you're like i need to do this phone call with someone you can't say i've got half an hour to get my point across it could take three hours Mm. and that's the same thing with someone i think for the mentors that's where it's difficult you can't say i'm going to mentor you this amount of time per week because that person might need more mm. and i think that's the tough thing is it, where do you find the time for that especially with dressage riders or the equestrian worlds mm. well i've got to say olivia this was absolutely amazing thank you so yeah, so much I'm, for I'm, coming on i've learned like, a lot <laughs> we could carry on for hours um, no, I, I definitely think when um we say it to a lot of people that we want to re-speak we, we do but <laughs> in, in out of all people i'd be absolutely fascinated to when we can get you in person um, yeah. and a few drinks hopefully at a competition next year as long as I can move a bit because I did one with Theo last Wednesday and I get so scared having just to sit there like I have to like be able to just like I don't know give me some blue tap you, you can move we, we we tend to move 
Our producers don't really like it, but we, we still do it. Giles is shaking his head in the background. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be amazing. We'll uh we'll 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 get you down oh, and we'll 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 continue the, the chat going on. Um one thing we do want to mention is uh this week we we signed our first half step athlete. Harrison Chart, which we announced uh, on our social media pages. Yeah, big up, Harrison. So if you're not following our social media pages, you won't understand what's going on. So you're missing out. You need to go and follow the socials. Um, and we'll also link check all those out socials. Olivia as well. Absolutely. They'll be all in the descriptions. Um, and, and once again, Olivia, this has been amazing. And um, we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah. Oh, thank Thanks so much for coming much. on. Thank you. Peace.